Welcome to a brand new edition of the Midweek Talkthrough of Young Gun. I am your host, Demetri Ravanis. My friend Taylor Dahl will be along in just a moment to talk to us about the Bears this week as the Panthers and Bears get ready to meet on Thursday Night Football. First, though, I've got to tell you about our friends at Graffiti, Spirits, Axes, and Arts 158 East Cedar Street, downtown Cary, the best place to watch football each and every Sunday. 19 TVs. Great drink specials, including those bourbon pour specials. There they are for you to take a look at. All kinds of options. Eight, nine, ten dollars a pour, plus their beer specials every week, weekly prizes as well. And don't forget if there is somebody in your crew that does not like football as much as the rest of you, graffiti is the perfect place to watch the games because they have all of those axe throwing lanes. It's perfect. 19 TVs, you are never going to miss a minute of the action. Plus, it is just a cool environment to spend a Sunday afternoon in amongst all the great art on the walls. If you have not been to graffiti for a football Sunday, this week is the time to go. So do it. 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. It's where Lauren and I like to hang out. It's where we like to watch football, and we want you to do it as well. Join us at Graffiti in downtown Cary. Welcome to the midweek talk-through edition of Young Gun. A little bit early this week as the Panthers and Bears play on Thursday night football. I'm bringing in my friend Taylor Dahl, who hosts a podcast kind of similar to ours about the Chicago Bears. But instead of focusing on one young player, she is focusing on all the young players. The name of the podcast is Making Monsters. Taylor, thanks so much for making the time. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on. We got a thriller Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a uh, a uh, battle of who cannot throw up on themselves the most. <laughs> I, I do wonder if between DJ Moore and Deontay Foreman, if there is some sort of delight for Bears fans in playing this game. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of extra, obviously, for the Bears. It's almost like you're feeling like this. this is the one they've had circled on the calendar. No matter if the Panthers were going to be good or bad, I think the Bears were still kind of like, okay, this is a game that we kind of want you want to win. Um, obviously they have the Panthers pick also. So you want the Panthers to keep losing. Uh, didn't know that we'd end up having two and three, which is where we're sitting right now. Uh, but there is that little extra satisfaction, I think, but, and there was a lot, and I don't know how much you saw of it on social media when the trade happened and stuff. And you, I know you joked about it on another podcast and it was like, there's no way anybody said DJ Moore wasn't a wide receiver one. But I promise you it was happening. And I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, this guy's been incredible with five different quarterbacks. No matter who's throwing him the ball, he's been able to be uh, find success on the football field. So it was just wild to me that people were saying that. So I think that's a little extra edge that Bears fans are holding on to also. Um, so there are multiple things when it comes between the two teams that I think add a little bit of something for us. Nobody else in the NFL, but for Bears Panthers. I I want to make sure listeners understand that uh, I have helped Taylor in her career. Uh, she is someone that I think is super talented. Uh, and also is also as a person, I I, lo- I love Taylor. Like we exchange texts uh, on personal stuff uh, with some regularity. Uh, all that being said, uh, I do believe you are a filthy, filthy liar and you are making things up for Clem. <laughs> no, I, I understand. Like I, I look back on that time and like, you know me that I am, I'm a Panthers fan for as long as Bryce Young is their quarterback. And then I'm out of here. Um, but I, I do look back on, uh, that time. And I wonder how much of that was about he is worth trading for the number one pick versus he is not really 
a number one receiver because right now that separation is 100% what not just the Panthers, but Bryce Young specifically is is missing. And I think that is the, the biggest source of his frustration as a quarterback right now. Yeah, and, and it's almost what – and it obviously hasn't transferred to wins for the Bears, but offensively the offense has – especially when Justin's in, is way more consistent, is able to do, like DJ just does things that normal wide receivers don't do easily and he makes it look easy. And that's when that comes down to contested catches, that comes down to the yards after catch. And people were kind of giving Justin a hard time in the preseason because they were like, oh, well, he had 15 yards, but it's showing 120 because DJ had 90 yards after carry, whatever, right. catch. That's what good quarterback and receivers do. The Bears were dead last in Yak last year, and the fact that that's been able to get so much higher and the offense really was on a roll the last few weeks before Justin got hurt. Um, it's unfortunate. Obviously, now he's missed a few weeks. Don't even know if he's going to be there Thursday. But it just automatically was a game changer in what the offense is able to do. It opens way more opportunities. Um, and so I think he's just that guy. And when the trade was happening, a lot of talks was, was it going to be Brian Burns or was it? We didn't even have DJ Moore in our mind. Like We did not mm -hmm. think that was what it was. We thought it was going to end up being Burns. And so when we get the text and it's DJ Moore, we were like, Heck yes. Like we just got a wide receiver number one. So like it was exciting for the bears. We haven't had that. There's statistics everywhere where you go back and you're like, the bears have never had a quarterback throw 30 touchdowns in a season. The bears have never had a 4,000 passing yard season. Only teams in the NFL to never have that. Uh, they also, their leading wide receiver is someone from like the fifties and uh, right behind that, the closest to behind that is Alshon Jeffrey. So you're like, mm -hmm. It's just moments where it's like, we're, let us be a little happy with this for a minute. Right. <laughs> I, I want to I go back to when that trade goes down, or I guess before that trade goes down. Is there a chance? I mean, because Justin Fields has not had the smoothest relationship with Bears fans, right? Uh, yeah. Is there a chance that if the Bears hold on to the number one pick that Bryce Young is in Chicago, or if they are holding on, is that 100% for, you know, whoever, Will Anderson or someone big on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I never got the vibe that they were going quarterback. And there was a lot of the, oh, you know, they were at this person's pro day and they were at this. Like, that's what you do as a GM. But I never got the indication that the Bears wanted a quarterback. Brian Poles from the start was very much like Justin Fields is our quarterback. Uh, we need to build build around him. We need to build the trenches. We need to give him some weapons. And it was he was very vocal about that. So I never got the indication. I truly think that if the Bears stuck at one, they would have took Willie Anderson. That's where my mind was with that, um, which I would have been fine with at, at that moment. I would have been like, okay, this is it. Obviously, being able to trade back and get a guy like Darnell Wright, who's been playing incredibly well um, at that right tackle spot, has been fun to watch. And especially because... It's just, it was such a dire need in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Some people wanted Jalen Carter. Believe me, I understand. He's been, he's a force. Um, but at the, at the same time, you have to protect Justin. And even this year, the, the line's been very beat up. So you haven't even really seen. We haven't even had what we were supposed to go into the season with as our starting offensive line. We have not seen them yet. Every yeah. Someone's been hurt every single week. Um, we're finally starting to get back to health. Uh, we're almost there. We're missing one guy. And he should be back hopefully in the next week or two. And then you can really have an indication of what that, that offensive line is supposed to look like in front of Justin. And then I think you can really have a, a say on what the draft, maybe if they made the wrong or right choice. But I never had the I never had the thought that they were going to just sit there and take Bryce Young. Yeah. Um, so I, I do sort of want to compare, I guess, get your insight into that young franchise savior quarterback journey you know whether or not that has come true for justin field certainly he was designated that way yeah. uh on on draft night so 
Um, look, what you mentioned with the Bears offensive line is very similar to the struggle here in Carolina. We have not seen a fully healthy offensive line, and the guys that were supposed to be the bedrocks have suddenly turned to hot garbage when they're yeah. on the field out there. It has been rough. How do you sort of look at these two, uh, two and a half seasons with Justin Fields uh, in Chicago and compare them to the doubts we are already hearing in the Carolina fan base uh, about Bryce Young? Like, at what point or what had to happen for you think a lot of people to buy into there is hope here with Justin Fields? And I get it's still a divided fan base, yeah. but there is at least a little more uh, assurance than there was even a year ago at this time. Yeah, and I think it was right around this time, week seven last year, we saw – saw things started start to shift uh the offense look it was against the patriots bears rocked the patriots in primetime football justin fields looked great he was making plays like you not just using his legs but able to get the ball downfield um and a lot of the question marks surrounding justin fields have been issues with his anticipation and holding the ball too long uh I, to me it all leads back to justin fields is one of the guy who wants the big play every time he doesn't mm -hmm. want to take the five yard check down he doesn't want to do it and you're going to have to like that's part of playing in the nfl is you're going to have to sometimes take those pass those those shorter passes and he does not want to so that's something that has been trying to be worked on um the bears fans like you said are very split half of them i am on this half of there's been a lot of bad surrounding Justin Fields. His first season, absolutely hot mess, disaster. Uh, Ryan Poles and Eberflus took over a roster that had to be completely revamped. Over 60% of the roster was hitting free agency that year, and they had no money. They literally had like $20 million to spend, no first-round pick, only five picks total. It was just a mess. There was only so much that Ryan Poles could do in that offseason. So we kind of expected that season to be a wash. The scary part was was that it was you felt like Justin was starting to regress by the end of the season. And a lot of that was because he was getting sapped every single time he took the ball, pretty much like ball mm -hmm. snap, Justin's on the ground. And so you started to feel like he was getting a little shell shocked a little bit. And that was scary because this is your guy that you drafted and you were hoping is going to be your franchise guy. Now, last year we come in, he was still getting hit a lot. Uh, they did try and fix some pieces of the offensive line. Didn't work out the way they wanted it to. You still have Darnell Mooney as your number one wide receiver. Um, Equinemius St. Brown is one of your guys that you're kind of relying on. And that's Equinemius is a great blocking wide receiver, but to count on him and having to actually catch passes and score touchdowns wasn't uh, ideal. So I would guess having to watch his brother in the very same division. Uh, we does got make... like all the wrong ones. Right, <laughs> we, have, <right. laughs> we have the other Equinemius. We have the other Sewell because obviously Panay and then we have Noah, yep. which I'm not hating on him yet because honestly he, he plays linebacker and we haven't got to see too much, but still I was like, why do we have the wrong, we got the wrong brothers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and I think that all of these things you start, we make excuses for because yeah. we're like, he wasn't getting protection. The defense all of a sudden completely forgot. We had 15 straight games where the defense allowed 25 plus points or more. They had the least sacks in the league last year, bottom and pressures last year. So there was just no help on that side of the ball whatsoever. Casual fans that didn't watch the Bears wouldn't have seen that. Um, they would have just looked at the box score and been like, dang, Justin only threw for 120 yards and one touchdown and two picks. You know, like that's all you're seeing. But when you're actually watching the games, you were seeing that he was carrying that team completely on his back week after week after week to the point where literally like every time they would cut to Justin on the sideline, he was getting something 
some ham hamstring worked on or calf worked on because he was just mentally and physically exhausting himself the entire season. And that showed up late in the year. So for me, I think it's, it takes a lot of patience. It also takes obviously looking like there's so many other factors on, on the football field of how, what really leads to success. And yes, there's guys like Patrick Mahomes that can make nothing out of or something out of nothing. Um, it takes a bit to get to that team. Patrick Mahomes also went to a Kansas City team that was winning football games already. He didn't mm. go to a team that had been struggling and winning three, two games previous to that. So for somebody, for you guys, for Panthers fans, I think it's more so like you have to take it game by game and see the things that he majorly needs to work on. And is he progressing in that? And it's not going to happen in three games. You're going. It's taken a year. It's taken a year, like you said, for fans to be like, okay, we're finally seeing this, this, and this out of Justin Fields. Now, can that continue or is this the height of it? And that's where the question mark is now. Hey, Demetri here. Just want to pop in real quick and tell you uh, about our Christmas lights contest. The way this show gets spread around the internet has a lot to do with algorithms, right? And one of the things we need you to do is rate, review, and subscribe to Young Gun wherever it is you get your podcast. And here's what we're going to do to make it worth your while. Lauren and I are going to decorate someone's house for Christmas this year. What does that mean? It could mean all kinds of things, but we're going to do it. And the way you win the prize is by uh, leaving a rating, a full review, and subscribe. Send us a picture proving you did all of those things to the OG goes digital at gmail.com. Send that picture along with a picture of the front of your house so we can get an idea of what it is we are working with. Somebody is going to win Christmas decorations from me and Lauren, and it can look all kinds of different ways. Maybe she and I come out there and we actually hang the decorations. Maybe we pay somebody else to do it. Maybe we just give you a tub. Honestly, I don't know. But if you want to win it, if you're the type of person that has never decorated your house before because you just don't have the time, let us do it this holiday season. Rate, review, subscribe, prove it, and email us, theoggoesdigital at gmail.com. We need a picture of that review and a picture of the front of the house for you to qualify. Our only stipulation is you've got to live in the triangle. That's the only uh, qualification we have for this prize. Do your part, help us spread the word, and we will do your part, or do our part, rather, and help you spread the Christmas cheer. So you, you know, one of the things that you mentioned there is you see Justin Fields or you were seeing Justin Fields on the sideline and he was just exhausted by uh, trying to do everything for this team. I don't know that it's fair to say Bryce Young is doing everything for the Panthers, but I think it's pretty clear if you watch this team that he is doing all he can. Like it's yeah. it's really hard to throw when receivers are never open and when your offensive line is not giving you any time. When I point that out, I'm often greeted with, you know, well, he's got to do better because, you know, to get Bryce now, no help is coming in the draft in the next couple of years. From the Bears side of the fence, how aware are you guys as a fan base of what could be based on the fact that for the next two years, you're going to have two first round picks uh, yeah. in each of these draft classes? And, and, you know, like you pointed out, this year it could be two and three. And hell, we're not out of the woods. It could be one and two one, by, the time, yeah. <laughs> by the time the season's over. I know. And that's when that's where I mean, there's big decisions that Chicago is going to have to make, because at what point do you start deciding that it is time to move from Justin Fields? And that's going to be, be the biggest question mark out, out of the season. What do you need to see them? And obviously, you can't even see anything if he's not playing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this would, you know, this would be week four without Justin if he doesn't play. And that's right in the middle of the season when you're really hoping, you were really hoping to start to see things start to flow a little bit more. And like I said, before he got hurt, he threw, I, I want to say six touch, six touchdowns for over like 600 yards. Oh, eight touchdowns and like over 600 yards in two games. Like we are finally starting to see things. They lost both those games, by the way, because the defense, but it, it's just those moments where there's progress there, but how much is there because you do have so much you, there, there's so much equity there's so many assets that the bears have now in the next couple seasons and aside from the draft money also so if you mm-hmm. think in your mind um hey can we go should we move on to another quarterback but then there's questions there too because the same things that Ka- that justin struggles with caleb williams has almost the same knocks on him so do you do it again do you start over with someone who could kind of be pretty similar and hope that this time it's the guy you're spending all of this money and draft picks and all of these things to try and build another quarterback that you haven't successfully been able to do in the history of the Chicago Bears not develop quarterbacks for some reason um and finally you start, you're seeing a little hope so it's a decision I think within the next three three weeks they'd really have to start leaning towards which way they want to go um because do you keep losing or do you really actually try to win these games and obviously it's easy for the GMs to say that are the the players going to start losing because we have a yeah. lot of talent on here that a lot of talent. And I, I said this in a podcast last week where I was like, I feel terrible for these guys because I really do think that that talent that is on the football field is getting overshadowed by the bad coaching. We've had two coaches fired. It's been eight weeks into the season and we've lost two coaches to like HR issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things, it's so much negative on that side that people aren't seeing how much talent is actually really on the football field. And that kind of sucks because it's now what you get to this off season and people are like, okay, well they had two coaches fired. They'd only, they only won three games and now they have the top pick again, move on from Justin cause he sucks. And that's what some people will probably look at. Yeah. And it, it will be interesting to see like to your point about the decision to be made, um, you know, would, would a year with Marvin Harrison jr. And I mean, hell, if you have two and three, why not go get the two very best receivers in this draft? If that is a yeah. real area of need for the, uh, for the bears. Um, I, I wonder if our fan bases are in similar boats. You guys had a very good, very promising performance against Las Vegas. And I'm moving Tyson Badgett to the side. That was always bullshit, smoke and mirrors, but the team played <laughs> really well. against Las Vegas. And then these last two weeks have been really bad. Uh, The Panthers played really good against Houston. And then on Sunday was as bad as we have seen them play all year. Uh, You know, only speaking from the Panthers side of the fence, it does feel like a lot of air went out of the balloon because that should have been the start of a run of winnable games here. Uh, Does it feel the same way in Chicago right now? Yeah, we've had multiple games like that. Denver, we were up 21 points, blew that ended up losing that game. The Vikings should have won that game. Obviously, Justin went down in that game. There was way too many close games to where the Bears had the chance to win. This last week, it was they made every possible mistake you could make. I mean, I think it was like 70 yards and penalties, and they turned the ball over five times and still almost beat the Saints. And yeah. that's the frustrating ones where it's like, you're playing that bad of football and you can almost beat these teams. Imagine if everything started to click and you limit these mistakes. And a lot of those mistakes have been those pre-snap penalties and the the very the ones that you a lot of times you relate to coaching and that's the that's the most frustrating part to me but it has been similar to where it's like there's been a few weeks in a row where we're like okay this is the point where if we just win this game you can hit a little roll and we can go and you can still end the season with you know 
six, seven, eight wins, which would be ideal, honestly, at this point. I think Bears at this point would take six, seven wins. Some people, some people are like, no, don't win. We need the picks. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> like, I want to win some <laughs> football games. Because if we're not winning the football games, then it looks like it's going to be, then we have to fix a lot more than we thought we had to fix. Um, but if you go on a little streak at the end and you start winning these games and they're convincing and you're being consistent and things are really starting to mesh, then you're going into the offseason like, okay, well, we only won five, six games, but at the end of the season, we were outscoring opponents. We limited the mistakes. Justin took steps up. And to me, if all those things start happening, it, there's at least a confidence going into the offseason rather than being like, okay, now what? We have to do it all over again, um, which we've done we're on we've been rebuilding since 1986 it's just like at that yeah. point where we're like come on um but uh, it did feel like that i think the last couple of weeks people on twitter they're not even mad anymore they're like yeah i'm numb at this point like I, yeah. it doesn't even hurt to lose and that's that sucks yeah, I mean, uh, look, I used to be a a big uh, Buccaneers fan, and there were so many seasons of, no, don't win, we need the top five pick, that it made me fall in, out of love with the team. Like, I, I think yeah. three, four years ago, I wouldn't have wanted to do this podcast, and now, you know, my NFL <laughs> attitude is, yeah, who cares? I'll, I'll root for whoever, whoever yeah. has my guy on their team. Uh, all right, I want to wrap here uh, with you. Um, I, I said this earlier, and I do believe it, like, I don't think Tyson Badgett is good at all. I, I think he's fine. I think he's, he's going to stick in the league as a backup quarterback, and, and that's sure. fine. That's a totally yeah. respectable career. That being said, the fact that Tyson Badgett is probably going to be the quarterback on Thursday makes me feel like this is a very winnable game for the Panthers. Uh, yeah. What is what is the fan base's attitude in Chicago? Is there? I, I mean, you made the good point. Like They played good enough to win. In New Orleans, they do have some proof of concept with the Las Vegas game. Uh -huh. uh, is there belief in Tyson or now is it just wait for Justin to figure out what we really are? Yeah, I think the majority of the fan base just want Justin back. But they are like, at least we have Bajan. He played terrible last week. Terrible. Like I said, way mm. too many mistakes, bad interceptions. A couple weren't on him, but a, a couple were majorly like, OK, that's a bad mistake. Also, the kid was an undrafted rookie. Out I was of about to say, he's Shepherd playing like an undrafted life. free agent from a D3 school. Like, he's yeah. playing exactly like what he is. Yes, and that's what it's like. And like you said, I think he will be a backup in the league. He has that, like, fire under him. He's a competitor. He will try and do. And that's what, to me, he, like, pushes a little too much. There's certain moments where during that game I was like, if he would have just taken the easy throw rather than try to, like, force it to the wide receiver down the field in between three defenders, like, it probably would have went a little smoother. Um, the first week it's easy. The first week when you have a backup quarterback come out that nobody has film on, <laughs> right. you it, you could tell he was able to kind of do whatever he wants. They also went for, away from the the idea a little bit of what was working. We ran the ball a ton that first game, and it, it helped Tyson a lot. Um, it was a lot of little dink and dunks types of passes, and all of a sudden they were like, just let him air it out. And I was like, let's not. Like, Deontay <laughs> Foreman's been and, – and that's another, like, obviously Foreman and DJ Moore coming back – and kind of playing with the team that they used to play for. Foreman's incredible when he has the ball in his hands, but if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he can't do anything. So it's interesting to me to that's going to be, in my opinion, a big factor. I hope they go back to that week one plan of run the ball, just get those easy four yards, three yards, first downs, move down the field. It's not pretty. It's not exciting. But at least you're not turning the ball over every five seconds. Um, I don't know how... I haven't watched a ton of Panthers, so the level of your defense, what have you guys seen out of them? Uh, honestly, we think uh, they are really good, um, but 
sometimes, especially at the end of the game, the attitude, you could see the drop in attitude. It, it, yeah. it is very clear they believe they are playing for a lost cause at this point. Okay. And honestly, like, I, I feel like there's moments in our games where it's kind of felt like that too, where certain players you'll see who like will come out of the gate and you're, they're just, you're like, oh yes, okay, we're making some plays. We're getting a few pressures. Like, we didn't have a single sack last week. And I was like, right. How do we not get how do we not get to Derek Carr? I, I just yeah. I don't understand. So that is going to be a big thing if we can finally obviously they added Montez Sweat. That was his first game. So he had two days to look at our defensive scheme and playbook and try to, you know, go out there. And there was pressures, he just couldn't get to the quarterback. So that's going to be I kind I think the game plan of let's see if they can actually go against a line who's been struggling and get to put some pressure on Young and get there. But I'm not counting on a whole lot, honestly, of that. I think it is going to be – I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think it's going to be a game where we're both – you and I are probably going to be texting each other like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> what the hell is that? yeah. One of us will be texting the other and saying what I said to Lauren a couple of weeks ago. Winning with field goals is still winning. So who, yeah. who are we to complain? <laughs> who makes the least mistakes in this game is going to win. Like, yeah. I think that's what it's going to be.